Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors, and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Dirk Ashton. I'm Dirk Ashton, goat author of the Paternus Trilogy. <laughs> Rob J. Hayes. Is, is that what we can do? We can just uh, label ourselves the goat. Hi, I'm Rob Hayes. Well, Dirk is wearing a goat mask at the moment, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, author of uh, Never Die. There's a book and a bunch of others. Mm-hmm. Good ones, And too. Michael R. Fletcher. I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption. Nice. I love that gain on the microphone there. Um, Today's episode, we are going to be doing a listener questions round. But before we get started, just a quick shout out to our new patron, Lance. Lance, thanks for helping support the show. Thanks, Lance. Yeah. Take it away with the applause. Nice. So uh, if you're not already familiar with the patron, we do like plug it every episode. But just in case you're not familiar (laughs) with what it is. Um, basically it's a way for a, you to give like a, a small monthly donation to the show and in exchange you get cool rewards like uh, early access to our books. At the moment you can get early access to Sins of the Mother, which is the fourth book in the War Eternal series by our very own Rob J. Hayes, uh, if you sign up to a certain tier on Patreon. Um, and yeah, there's other cool bonuses that you can get on there as well. And the link to it is just down in the show notes below. So, and we kicking use off all with the money first... that we get from Patreon uh, to feed Jed's uh, cocaine addiction. <laughs> that's right. It's the only that's, reason I have energy to record these so things. Chipper. That's why I have so much exuberance and enthusiasm. That and the um, fact that he's thirteen. <laughs> mostly, mostly the first one. Mostly the first one. So, we had a listener. Uh, we had Kev ask us. Kev sounds very similar to. Uh, my character Kev from Thunder Heist, so that was weird getting Ooh. a question from your character. But anyway, we had Kev uh, sending in a question to us saying, just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast you guys put together. I've been oh. working my way my way through them since I found it and only have about 40 left to listen to. I love how only 40 left. We've put out a lot of these things. I guess. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Kev finds it a perfect mix of enjoyable banter and useful tips for my writing. One question I have for you guys is how do you feel about Brandon Sanderson's recent Kickstarter that has gone over $20 million in just a few days? Wow, already very yeah, behind the times. Yeah, uh, um, it's like it ended on $41.5 like million dollars or something like that. Yep. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, the figures are a bit out. This was like in the early days of it. Um, so Kev asks, do you feel like it benefits the genre and fantasy writers as a whole, increased publicity, etc., or do you think it carves out a bigger share for Sanderson and limits people trying new writers, uh, spending $500 on four books instead of four books? Nope. Um, Kev also says, uh, what is it? Uh, no doubt about it, the guy can churn out books and is a wizard at marketing. That's not fair. We are the only wizards. That's why we have a podcast called Wizards, Warriors, and Words. Take it back, Kev. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and yeah, that's that's basically the extent of the question. So, Kev, thanks for sending in your question. I feel yep. insulted that you didn't refer to us as the wizards. But yeah. apart from that, you've done all the right things in your question. You've complimented us. You said we're great, um, <laughs> but you haven't called us wizards. So it's a little concerning, quite frankly. So, yeah, what do we think? I've seen, you know, there, there's there's been a lot on social media going back and forth and people blogging, um, pros and cons. Um, as far as I'm concerned, anyone who is like really or saying things, you know, they talk about things like it's hurting trad pub. It's, it's, uh, you know, trad pub is hurting trad pub. Sanderson is not hurting anything. And if anything, it's already been proven now that Brandon has brought thousands upon thousands of new people to Kickstarter who are. It's already proven now. We've seen it. I've run three Kickstarters, and I have three friends running Kickstarters right now, four, actually, um, who are getting people who have only ever backed one Kickstarter, Brandon Sanderson, before, and they're backing these other people. One of the first things Brandon did was start backing other Kickstarters while his Kickstarter was running, other fantasy author book and sci-fi book kickstarters and uh it, it this this is a true and pure example of a rising tide lifts all ships um he's not taken anything away from anyone else um except for perhaps out of the pockets of big trad publishers in new york possibly right because they're not getting their cut of his of this series of books that he's doing, that he's funded through this. But, uh, but they've been shooting themselves in the foot in a lot of ways. I have nothing really against trad pub, but, um, this, if you can do it, if you can do it without it, he doesn't need the gatekeeper anymore. He doesn't need the proof or the, leg the legitimacy. He doesn't need their publicity machine. Um, and the fact that he's not using it, and he's already, I mean, they've already made literally millions and millions of dollars, um, many millions of dollars um, from his books. Um, I think it's great, you know. Uh, it's easy. Everything, every, it's easy to complain about it, but I think every complaint that I've seen, every even well-written well um, uh, negative um piece about it really to me all kind of comes down to sour grapes uh so uh if anyone thinks that they aren't 
that something has hurt someone, an author or readers, um, that I don't believe that's true. No, I, I well, think what do you it's think? like, to be honest, I can sum my thoughts up with, yeah, well done, Sanderson. Bloody hell, mm-hmm. you did it, mate. Nice. Like, mm-hmm. what did he do? Yep. He, he he launched a successful Kickstarter. He's uh, his, his company supplied jobs for I don't know how many people. He's lifting mm-hmm. up other authors by recommending um, the by you know, recommending these other Kickstarters to people who are backing him. Um, you know the the books that he's providing are actually pretty good um, uh, uh, value for money. Like I I backed mm-hmm. for the audiobook level which works out $15 per uh, audiobook which is mm-hmm. cheaper than I get them on Audible so yeah, you know, and, it, and it cuts out the, the middleman basically the money goes straight to the author so I'm happy with mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. and then the people that are buying these sort of like special edition you know really fancy hardbacks well that's because that's what they want they want the hardbacks They're, it's not taking yep. money away from any yeah. other authors or like, saying yeah. oh, but they won't buy other books People like to collect no. books. It's, it's what they do. So yeah. if he can provide really nice, like collectible ones, go for it. People will buy them, yeah. Um, yeah. and they'll enjoy them. So yeah, well done, Sanderson. Nice one. You won writing. Well done. What about you, Mike? Any last thoughts to add to that? Yeah, uh, not really. I mean, I, we travel in different circles. Uh, his readers are mostly not my readers, uh, so it's not like he's stealing sales from me. Uh, it's Kickstarter. I will probably never, ever, ever, ever do a Kickstarter unless I achieve a level like him where I have a staff of however many people to do it for me. I'm just not going to do it. I, I like, I don't need to, I don't want to. It looks like effort and not fun. Um, there are, there are a couple of Kickstarters running right now, um, where there is a company that for a very reasonable percentage, does all the work for you. Um, Will White's, um, AC Cobbles, um, uh, David Estes fini- just finished one being Man, run I by just, that, honestly, that I just, company. Honestly, we could do a, an episode on Kickstarter. I don't understand yep. the why. I can do everything money, through money, Amazon. Money and, and I get re- paid for and it. Money and new readers. Get book sales are going up. I I don't need to ask for money up front. I will front the cash for cover art and illustrations, and I will mm-hmm. take the risk because that's it's a business to me. Um, I, I I maybe it's just me, but I, I have no reason to do a Kickstarter. I think we'll have enough, for me. We'll have the reason if you're getting the results, you want these that's really great. nice collectible editions that I wouldn't be able to afford to produce um without something like kickstarter personally like i do intend to do one for never die this year and i'm hoping to make it you know like the the hardback editions that i'm going to produce of it really nice for the simple fact that i can't do it without that sort of like okay here's the money up front to get it all produced beforehand yeah um so i i i think there's definitely a use for it so are you like actually this is a whole different episode probably I think there's uh, my ignorance as to what's involved in Kickstarter probably plays a part in that. Uh, laziness definitely does. Um, somebody buys a book and they're like, hey, can you mail me a signed copy? And I'm like, yes. And if they pay me up front, I'm like, fuck, dude, no. Don't pay me up front. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to mail it to you now. 
<laughs> I, I'm not going to get off crazy. my ass and go to the post office. I'm like, I will tell you when it's in the mail and then you can pay me for it. Because like, I, I find I hate going to the post office. I hate it. I don't know. That whole different <laughs> issue, different episode. We'll we can get that into that in a day. different episode. Moving on. My take on it is, um, yeah, like I'll, we'll wrap this up now because we've got more listener questions to get to after my this. My mask is coming My take off. on it. <laughs> Dirk is no longer the goat man. Uh, no, he is just a Mr. Ashton. I feel naked. <laughs> we can see your oh, secret wait. identity now. I am naked. Everyone's naked on the inside, Dirk. <laughs> just how humans work. On the inside? On the inside yeah. of their clothes? Sure. <laughs> we'll run with it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, wrapping up the Sanderson thing before we move on to the next thing, um, I absolutely hated it because I'd never spent $400 on books in one pop before, but a few days ago I did because uh, I thought I was going to get the e-books. I thought I was going to get the e-books, which is the cheapest tier, and then I had like some speaking engagements that I did, which gave me precisely the same amount of money that would cost to buy all four special edition hardbacks and get them shipped out, and I was like... Ah, this sounds kind of cool. And you yeah, did. That's, that's the most amount of money I've ever spent on a book. But I think for me, the reason why I did it is, first of all, he's my favorite author. So I've been yeah, absolutely so pumped about go. this. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Sando is the, is the number one. But, um, one day we're actually going to start a, a big old fight between Sanderson and Fletcher. I don't know how, but we'll do it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. see. Let's go. I'm sure he's um, super going to be aware of me. WrestleMania. <laughs> Fletcher versus Sanderson. I would pay to see that. Um, but yeah, no, I also think it's it's nice having the, the physical hardbacks on my shelf because it's going to be a reminder for me of like, what is capable of being achieved as an author? Not saying that I'll ever get to his level of where he is, but I think it's cool to like, know that he has breached uh, in a very real way, like possibly some perceived barriers that people maybe had about mm-hmm. what authors can achieve, particularly in the fantasy space before. Like, he literally had the number one Kickstarter of all time against everything that's ever been on there. And to me, that's pretty that's pretty liberating to, and yeah. inspiring to see that someone who is writing the kind of books that I love reading, that I love writing, can make that level of success on it. So, yeah, yeah those, are my, um, those are my thoughts yeah. uh, as we wrap up on that. So, next question is from Bender, who asks, Have you explored other genres slash mediums? I hear some lit RPG authors such as He Who Fights With Monsters, Dungeon Crawl, Lacal, Defiance of the Fall, etc., earn an average of $15,000 a year from Patreon and sales. Also, the general view is that it's easy to succeed in the genre since it's not dominated by Sanderson's and Tolkien's. Uh, I mean, many of you still play games. I know Rob does. So adding slight game mechanics, just a few hints of skill trees and very few stats, and it could be new ground. Have you all ever considered writing lit RPG? Why stick with fantasy when lit RPG is fantasy adjacent? I cannot well, stand the very idea of lit RPG. Okay, <laughs> I, I will never read it. I will never write it. Okay, I love computer games. I do, and I love writing. I do. I do not want them to cross. Like if if I felt like I wanted to read a lit RPG, I'd be like, no, no, I'm just going to go play a computer game. Thanks. It, or an I, RPG. I just, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 certainly not for me. I'm, I've written a progression fantasy, which is kind of. I guess lit RPG adjacent, uh, and that's about as far it as is. I'll ever go. But uh, yeah, you and I, you and I are both doing progression fantasy, which does have it, it. It more formalizes the whole 
all, all most all fantasy books have a progression element, but it just formalizes it with with specific steps or names of steps and levels that that people go through. Lit RPG is the hardest core where it has even tables of stats of yeah. exactly where where people's like RPG stats style stats go. And, it's um, also it's it's automatically and, removed and, from the from yeah. the like the story because like I definitely me, like, see the appeal of it for for folks know, and it, it's it, become it's become it's become huge. I could never write one. I'm not an RPG player myself, but progression fantasy is simply just another kind of stylistic format for for you know fantasy in general, and I'm enjoying the hell out of the one the one that I'm working on. I don't think I could ever write an RPG personally. I have nothing against it or, or people that read it, but I, I don't think I could ever actually write one. I'd have to learn way too much. <laughs> I hate to what learn. What about you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I write because I want to tell stories. Um, and... For me, at least so far, the the concept of lit RPG doesn't scratch that for me. Um, so I like I have and will and do write in other genres, um, but lit RPG is just not going to be one. Now, if I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, oh fuck, I have this crazy idea. If I if I have some way of taking lit RPG expectations and absolutely fucking them sideways, then I will write a lit <laughs> RPG book. But I mean, nice. that's the only way I do it. Is if I well, if, um, you if are I had a, you are an RPG guy, tabletop. Oh yeah, I love role playing. Yeah. We just yeah. recently um, we do Monday nights again now. So like, yeah, good. Uh, Heck, I am good. old and have been role playing for a really long time. And we just in the last month started getting together. These are the dudes I role played with in uh, high school. That's awesome. Uh, we're back that's to Monday awesome. night campaigns and uh, so I love RPGs. I just. Role playing is a scratches something different than writing. I'm always GM. Oh, uh, yeah, of I course, to, I can't. I'm a terrible player, but uh, I do love uh, creating campaigns, doing all the world building and stuff. I mean, that's where uh, the Obsidian Path books came from. Was um, this monster campaign I ran like years ago? So I had all the world building done, magic systems all worked out, and everything. But different thing. Um, so no, I'm not going to write a lit RPG, but nothing I against think it. RPG in general has had an enormous influence on, on fantasy in general. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. since the eighties. Both, both in terms of yeah. tabletop and like computer games. I mean, like I, yeah. I can't even begin to like account for how much of a, a of an impact, uh, the Baldur's Gate games have had on my writing over the years. Cause you know, the, uh, I played them to death, and I absolutely loved them, and I still remember bits of them. And Baldur's Gate Two still has one of the best villains in anything ever. So you know, <laughs> I still take inspiration from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is kind of interesting because I sort of have written lit RPG, yeah, um, but not in the way that I think Bender was asking this question. So oh, you, you have that that weird book that you did. That's right. So I've got Siege of Treblin, um, which I can share, I think, on here. Uh, oh, 
trying new work? technology. See, this can't be trying good. Trying new technology. Let's go. Oh my go. god! Can you see things are happening. The cover for Siege Traveler. For anyone so listening right now, they've got no idea. But yeah, for anyone listening, I'm just going to describe what I've got up. So basically, for the last two years, I've been writing an interactive fiction novel called Siege of Treblin. Um, which is like a fantasy novel, but at the end of every scene, you get to make a decision, and that influences what happens next in the story. Um, and it's not lit RPG in the sense of like what most of the stuff is on Amazon, because this is like actually a game that just happens to be purely text-based, like one of those old text adventure things. Um, but it does have a lot of the kind of fusion between video games and fantasy novels that Bender was sort of asking about in his question. So... Uh, essentially, Siege of Treblin, um, this I've got it up on my screen now, so if you're just what, listening to the audio, I'll describe it on here. But if you're watching the YouTube channel, this is the demo of the game. Um, and basically, uh, you read through scenes, and then at the end of each scene, you make a decision. It influences what happens next in the story. There is also stats and variables that you can affect. So depending on what decisions you make, you might be a very idealistic leader, or you might be a very pragmatic one. Uh, you might be a very charming leader, or you might be a very intimidating one, like Mike, I imagine, would be. Um, and, of course, you've got various relationships you can build with other characters throughout the game. And, uh, yeah, because you're defending your city from a siege, there are stats about your city that you pay attention to, like how strong is the wall? How many supplies do you have left? What are your finances looking like? And, um, yeah, so that's basically the game. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it may be... oh. Um, it may be released. It's releasing on April 14th, um, and it'll be, like, discounted from April 14th to April 20th, I think. And you can play the first three, uh, first three chapters for free, so After you can check that, it out. After that, it's only it. $1,400 a week. That's right. One low, low payment of $14 million per week, not including shipping. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, how we get, that's how we get you. That's so American um, accent. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was channeling with that accent, but it it, it was channeling something, and I'm, I'm glad it's it's been out of my mouth now, and it's not in me anymore. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that sentence, but um, yeah, I guess that's sort of with RPG adjacent. I really enjoyed writing this. It was uh, a very yeah. cool experience because it was pretty much, and Mike, it's probably similar to your DM experience. It's pretty much was a case of put the player in a position where they have to make a really difficult choice with no right answer and then make them have to choose. Um, and the game was basically a series of trying to get the player to that position where it's like, do you let these refugees into your city before you get attacked, risking some spies sneaking in with them as well? Or do you tell them to just fend for themselves outside the wall of the city? It's an impossible choice. Or do you kill but them all? That yeah that sort of is an option <laughs> so, um, and it will tell you like a lot about who you would be if you were a leader in this fantasy magical city that was that was under attack so yeah that's um, that's that uh, it's different to DMing because you give them choices and they have to select one whereas as a DM you give them choices and then you find out that some guy's run off and he's deciding to go and burn down a tavern for no particular reason whatsoever yes that's true <laughs> Obviously, a lot more freedom in, in Dungeons and Dragons because yeah, you, you can, you're not constrained by the rules of the game or whatever. Um, yeah, but that was a really fun experience writing it. Uh, would I write a a more standard lit RPG novel where it's like an actual book and it's got like stats and tables in the book? 
Um, kind of like with Mike, never say never if I found an interesting way to do it. It's just not something that I read regularly and it's not something that I feel particularly called towards. So yeah, don't, um, don't know if that would be a factor. Um, uh, and then also I think another aspect of the question, which we sort of skipped around, but is probably useful talking about is, um, the fact that like, just because a genre, like particularly a niche fantasy genre is doing well from a, from a sales perspective right now is not always a great reason to dive into it and quite often can be a good reason to maybe not dive into it if you're not if you're not that interested in um you know lit rpg but you hear that oh lit rpg authors are doing really well probably not great to make yourself have to write a novel because you probably won't enjoy it and it probably won't be as good as somebody who actually does enjoy writing lit rpg um i don't know i think yeah, if it's you're, different if you're the type of person you can write to market then go for mm. it but if you're the type of person who writes, you know, what you want to write, what, what, what's playing on your brain, what is, what is demanding space at that time, mm. then probably trying to force yourself to write to market, that's, that's not going to be the, the way to, to do it. But yeah, if you're capable of writing mm. to a particular market and you see that market is working well, go for it. Yeah, if you can enjoy the process, I think go for it, is mm -hmm. what I would say. Mm -hmm. Like, because... Yeah, I don't think you'd suggest, like, oh, if you would hate the writing process, but you'd produce a good result, write for it. I feel like that's not... I mean, maybe if you're willing to, like, just not have a fun writing experience and then it sets you up in your author career and then you can have more freedom down the track, maybe that's a good idea. But, yeah, I would, I would just say try to find the intersection of, like, the marketable stuff and then also the stuff that you enjoy writing. Like, it sounds that, you know, cultivation or progression fantasy is sort of that for, for you, Dirk, uh, and for you as well, maybe a bit, Rob. So, yeah. Um, all right. Next question. This is probably the last question for this episode. Uh, also, a reminder, we have a feature on our website where you can send in voice notes now. So, hopefully in the future when we do these listener questions, um, you can go to our website, click on send us a voice <laughs> message, and we can play it out on the show. Sorry, I keep uh, giggling because so, either Rob's really hungry and his stomach's grumbling or he's got a puppy. Yeah, is there a thing? <laughs> the yeah. making, making little Sport. puppy noises. Yeah, she's just sat <laughs> there in a bed just like... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, cool, so uh, question. last question is, uh, just discovered your show and really enjoyed... Um, I'd love a starting from scratch episode. Sorry, this is just going to be a single question. Um, where if someone specifically, i.e. the person who's asking this question was starting their publishing journey this year, what stuff should they do leading up to their launch? And this person is planning a three book rapid release strategy. So presumably they have three books, um, that are already written. Rob has done guess, that. Which is impressive. That's, That's a, a very big, big question. question. Yeah, it's a massive question. Do yeah. we want to shelve that for a later episode? I think so. Mm. That's a, that's an episode in its Probably. own. There's, there's so much yeah, to go over. Is. I mean, yeah. that's yep. basically like how do I launch my career? But, well, it's yeah. a bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> a it, the, it's a whole episode on just rapid a rapid release launch strategy. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. That would yeah, be, that, that's yeah, a whole okay. episode. I'll save that. Yeah, yeah. step one. It's that a good be, question. Go back in time ten oh, yeah. years. And start befriending people on social media so that when your <laughs> book comes out, you've already got like all these contacts. Yeah. Uh, rather than you know doing it probably the way all, all of us did, which was like put out a book and then start and trying to talk to no people. one. I knew absolutely no one. Same, no one. I didn't think you could yeah. even 
remember my agent being like, oh, yeah, just befriend famous writers on Twitter. I'm like, you can't just do that. They're writers. <laughs> yeah. They're famous people. <laughs> I can't talk to them. It's like, go be friendly with Mark Lawrence. Like, I yeah. can't. You'll be mean to me. <laughs> and now people are saying, go be friendly with Mike Fletcher. That's right. <laughs> and, of course, you can't. Send him a grilled cheese sandwich. That's how you become friends with him. Yeah. You'll be mean to him. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, we should probably wrap up this episode here because I don't have any other listener <laughs> yeah. questions at top of hand. So right. I'm going to wrap up this episode by not answering a question. Um, yeah. Sorry about that anticlimactic end to it. But uh, yeah, I think we, we we answered some interesting stuff in that episode and had some, some interesting takes. So uh, if you have any listener questions you would like us to answer in future episodes, feel free to head on to our website, wizardswarriorswords.com, uh, and you can submit a listener question either using the contact form or by using the voice uh, message feature. Um, we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank Bye-bye. you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.